Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 86, Strength and Courage. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the power of change, worldwide headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here, as always, with my good friend and co-host to my right, about six and a half foot away, Jesse Fury. What's up, my man? What's up, Breeze? Good to be here in the shed quarters. I appreciated the text letting me know that everything has been wiped down and sanitized. That's right. The microphones have not been uh, anybody's uh, saliva spit into them or anything nasty. No germs. Everything's clean. Headphones. You brought your own, so you're good there today. But, Jesse, we've been catching up and getting to know a little bit. Uh, our special guest today, here with us with, yeah. for the first time, maybe uh, will be a repeat guest, Virginia Tech Associate Head Wrestling Coach Jared Freer. Welcome to the Shed Quarters here today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me and just excited to, uh, to be here and, and uh, the Shed Quarters, man. This is awesome. <laughs> it is all it sounds like out there. Someday you <laughs> might be able to visit with us here in person. Actually, it's not. But Jared is a two-time All-American from the University of Oklahoma, competing right around the 2000-ish range in college. What were your years? High school graduate in 97, so 98 through 02. During the season, I was a coach at Virginia Tech. I remember him. He was whipping some and taking some names. Two-time All-American, 2012 Olympian. Uh-oh. That means he was the best in America at one time at, uh, what, I think, uh, 66 kilos for uh, civilians listening, and that's 145.51 pounds, and he doesn't look a pound over it today. Um, he's uh, <laughs> one, he's Looking like, yeah, slim. yeah. That's right, yeah. Jesse, here's a, a little little-known fact outside of the wrestling world, but most wrestlers still weigh themselves every day um, <laughs> unless they're emotionally balanced humans like do, Coach. Do, Coach, do you still do, weigh yourself hey, or never? Last time I checked my weight, I weighed 145.5 pounds. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> 2000, 2012. He is You're not kidding. an obsessive. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. And what about you? You still weighing yourself? He's not you? telling the truth because he wrestled in a tournament where he had to know what he weighed. What? Oh, what about yeah, you I weigh reading? myself every day. Okay. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She thinks I have body uh, uh, body issues, awareness issues, and she's probably right. But, um, Coach, <laughs> thanks for being with us. I've been at Virginia Tech three years now with Coach Tony Roby. Um, we just wanted to get to know you a little bit. You're from Florida, the wrestling powerhouse state of Florida. Tell us how you got from Florida to OU. Well, it's, um, you know, I wrestled my, my whole life. My, my dad was a high school wrestling coach, uh, originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, he wrestled at Ball State yep. when Ball State had a, had a program. It's like Cardinals or something like that? Yeah, Ball yeah. State Cardinal. Yeah. Um, the home of David Letterman. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, I think he was a, a fraternity brother with David Letterman, and that's probably why his college wrestling career was not not per se the best. <laughs> Having a little fun. Yeah. yeah. So he, and he always wanted to move to move to uh, Florida. His uh, his grandparents were from there, and so he'd always go visit them. So anyhow, him and his best friend moved to Miami, Florida. Um, started coaching down there, and uh, the uh, the riots, the the Cuban um, kind of the. I guess the Scarface era, yeah. um, my, my mom and dad were robbed and they said, all right, we got to pack up and head north. So ended up in Tampa, Florida. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great childhood. Um, and yeah, a lot of places I wanted to go. I wanted to, I was a big being, being a Floridian college football is a, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Um, you know, the Miami hurricanes and Florida state and Gators. Florida, yeah. yeah. Um, always was a Joe Paterno fan. So oh, I was yeah. like Penn state, I'm going to want to go to Penn state. Not knowing the obviously the wrestling tradition and and it wasn't then what it is now, but uh, yeah, Penn State currently is the best in 
best by far, nine out of ten national titles, but kind of middle of the road, but decent back then. Yeah. Right, right, and uh, yeah, and I, I, I was at a was at a camp with the assistant coach at the University of Oklahoma uh, the the year before my senior year, and um, out of the blue called me, um, took a trip out there, and um, fell in love with it. So uh, was Spates you know, the head coach then at the Jack time? Spates and who was the assistant? Mark Manning. <laughs> okay, so, who's okay. now who's now the long time? I mean, he's been at Nebraska probably twenty years. So that just kind of shows my age, and uh, which is <laughs> what, which is which still blows my mind. So he's been there twenty years, and he was the assistant coach there, and um, just great. Both of them are just unbelievable people, and yeah. and really good recruiters. And yeah, um, I so, run into Coach Spates every NCAA tournament lined up outside queued up to go in randomly i always in line with that guy i don't know how it happens but it does and we share this in common mark manning was the reason i went to the university of north carolina he saw me at like junior trials uh you know i wrestled a california kid in the finals bono won the weight below me and i smashed everybody including coach lamb's kid and manning was there with the red shirts and that's how i ended up at unc so there we go coach manning small world great guy well uh married kids tell us a little bit about your family yeah uh Nicole Tyser Freyer is uh I, we've been happily married for this will be our 12th year I think 2000 we were married in 2008 so yeah 12 years this year in December um we met the first day on campus at the University of Oklahoma she's a gymnast um from and, Oklahoma or from uh, somewhere she's else from recruited Colorado in? Springs oh, okay. so she was a, she was she went to Air Force Academy High School um she uh so yeah met the first day didn't start dating until ten years after that day, <laughs> so I had already I had already graduated, gone and coached in Boston, and I moved back to, and I moved to Colorado Springs the rest of the Olympic Training Center, and wow. uh, she had moved back home to go to um, cosmetology school, and wow, and did, did you just we, keep in touch all that time, or did not you really? Kind of, not friends really. Friends of friends, um, we had we had uh, you know dated each other's friends in, in college, and then. Uh, yeah, literally ten years later, I'd been in College Springs for for a whole year, and then we happened to meet through a virtual friend at a, a uh, Colorado Rockies game. Ah, uh, yeah. And then, and, and I remember going home that night, telling my roommate, I just met my wife or re met my re-met, wife. Yeah. And she told her roommate, he'll never call back again. Wow. <laughs> and you had the game plan going. Yeah, it was over. Wow. So, to, to take long. I mean, we were, I was, I asked her, to, I proposed probably six months later. So fantastic. Wow. Well, and you're a girl dad, is this right? Hashtag girl dad. dad. Yeah. Two, uh, two beautiful little girls. Um, Chloe Jean is nine and Beckett is eight going on 18 or she'll she'll be eight in three (laughs) weeks, two weeks, uh, July 21st. So, um, they're great. They just got home from 11 days gone, which was probably the longest I've, I've been, haven't seen them. So, um, yeah, man, just I'm, I'm a lucky guy. I talk to a lot of guys that are about to have their kids or some first kid or yeah, I'm having a girl. What's that like? I was like, it's great. There's, there's, this is the best thing ever. There's like, I've never once felt like anything, but this is the best thing in the whole wide world to have daughters. And now, now I have women that are my daughters <laughs> and going away and things. So, uh, going to be longer than 11 days yeah, for us. Leaving here, you, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be locked down in college. She's going to college and they're not going to be let out. Uh, until they come home for Thanksgiving. So keep them all on campus in one spot and hopefully everyone stays healthy. So Jared, I've got it. We've got to bring it up. Everybody brings it up for you because you've done, you've gone where very few men have boldly gone before. Um, this is the first Olympian in the shed quarter. It's the first Olympian that Jesse's ever met. 
not the first one I've met, but um, I've met others. But this is absolutely uh, an amazing thing for us. So tell us, 2012 Olympics, like, what was? What are some of your memories from that time? Obviously, you're marching with flags and stuff, and uh, the cultural experience, but then competitive experience. Um, wrap that up in like 38 seconds or five <laughs> minutes for us. <laughs> what <it> was like? <laughs> well, man, it was it was it was pretty special. Something that that I had always dreamt about. I remember watching the 1984 Olympics and the 88 Olympics, and, and knowing that one day I, that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then you know, throughout my career. I'd always wrestled freestyle, which is a little different, you know, for Jesse, it's a little different style than the, than the yeah. folk style. Yeah. Um, and, and guys that like to chuck people, chest wrap them, throw them around, typically yeah. do better in that. Yeah. So something I, I'd always, <laughs> I, I knew that that was my future. You know, I knew yeah. it, it was a ticket to go to college, but then I knew post collegiately, that was kind of where, where I really wanted to, wanted to be. And the end goal was, you know, neither say I didn't know it was going to take, you know, 10 years after I graduated college, yeah, which, amazing, which I was old. I was, and I was second and third. I was, you know, constantly the, the bridesmaid. And, um, so healthy during that time or were we, for the most part, yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I stayed healthy. I really, the, my worst injury happened a week before I wrestled at the Olympics. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> we, we were doing like a simulation tournament. We were in Belarus. So we had flown there, done the opening ceremonies, which is probably the coolest part of the, the entire, yeah. um, so where Baumgartner holds a flag yeah, like just, this that everybody just, else needs a crane to hold or whatever. It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, and just, you know, just to see the best of the best, you know, surrounded, you know, you got, you know, you got a billion, billion eyes watching you and um, just a, just an unbelievable experience. But anyhow, went, went to the opening ceremonies, did all the pictures, everything. We were the last, my, my weight class was the last day of the Olympics. So, you know, it's two and a half weeks long. So we got out of there. Um, at the time we had a guy who was a multi-billionaire still just, you know, a good, good friend still. He flew us to all these different. He flew us private from from Jersey to pay or to from Jersey to London, London to Belarus to train, and then back to back to London on this like yeah, pretty sweet plane. Yeah, ridiculous. You weren't plane. flying Allegiant on no, that one, I was not, I was not. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I blew out my shoulder, so it was my bicep, um, rotator cuff, and my labrum completely torn. So you know, I wasn't gonna let my the the alternate go yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah shoot, shoot me up <laughs> yeah. and, and at the time we didn't know it was that bad yeah but uh it was it was completely torn everything was torn and um so but it was it was an unbelievable experience something that yeah uh, yeah man and, I, and, and to be to be thirty three years old the only only Olympian that had a job yeah you know, I was a lot older than than most. So was the kids. Yeah. yeah. Labrums just make your shoulder completely yeah. weak too. You have no strength at all. Yeah. My, my fifth year in college, I tore my labrum really bad and lost that whole year. So another thing in common, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to the Olympics. Well, <laughs> I was watching a wrestling tournament in 2019, like last year. Okay. And you're like not 33 now you're like 40, I think and 41. Um, and you were like beating up on college guys and actually placed in the U.S. National Freestyle Championship. Why were you as a wrestling <laughs> old man in this tournament one? And then, man, congratulations. You look great. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a bet that Makai Lewis, um, for those that, that don't know, he, he was a freshman this past or two years ago in 2018-19. And uh, he, uh, he had an unbelievable year. Um, wasn't that he was a, he was a big recruit, but he wasn't you know the recruit. Um, won the NCAA title as a freshman. This is uh, the first Virginia Tech national champion ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah. is yeah, even even great. Wow, you know, yeah. pretty pretty special. And and someone that I worked 
you're the middleweight guy. guy. You're training with them, wrestling with them. You know, he's at my house having dinner, you know, at least once a week. Um, just super close with my, with my daughters. Mm. Um, just, just a, you know, a great kid. And, um, you know, and at one point he had said, when I, when I win the NCAA tournament, you're going to, you're going to wrestle in the U.S. Open. <laughs> and so, you know, this is, he this called is you up, Fe- huh? February, you know, it's freezing outside. And, and Makai was at the number eight seed, right? Going into seed, the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Had just an unbelievable tournament and beat and number we, one, beat number four, beat number, no, you know, yeah, yeah, number beat, two. Yeah. Beat one, four and two. Defending and, national champion was yep, two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and just, just crushed it. And, and when he said it that day, I was kind of, it kind of sat in my head like, this guy, he, he, he's on a, he's on a mission. He thinks he's he, going to do he's it. He's going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at no point was I going to doubt him because yeah. I know his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know his, uh, talent level and, and, you know, his drive and passion to, to be great. And, uh, so it was in the back of my mind. And sure enough, you know, he did the unthinkable and, and ran the, <laughs> ran gauntlet, the gauntlet and, yeah. and had an unbelievable tournament. And, and I knew that night when he said, you know, that, you know what this means. So he brought it back up first. He said, okay, coach, you're up. Yep. So, <laughs> you, so uh, you had a few weeks to get ready. Huh? Had a few weeks to get ready, probably three weeks. And, and really, you know, at this age, you know, I hadn't wrestled a competitive match in seven years. Um, it was the less I did was probably if I really tried to train for it, I couldn't do it. You had to ground you yourself know, down. It was like yeah. me and Roby this, this summer ran a marathon. There was no way I'm training for that. Right, <laughs> I'm right. either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. You ran a marathon? Wrestlers are crazy. They're just, they're crazy. And then, and they're in the world of all they do is working out. Just, just wait. I'm probably going to be working out more in the f- next year. It's something I'd always want to do. <laughs> so you just did it without training? Yeah. yeah. I hadn't run, I hadn't run more than three miles in 20 years. But you're still training though. Like you're banging in the room. You're wrestling. Right, I, guys. Wrestle. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't run though. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a runner. I don't, I don't. I don't enjoy oh, that. I wow. that whole runner's high. It's, so, so as a forty-year-old, you're competing in the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I don't. It's the, basically the national freestyle championships. Everybody, it's open for the whole country. It it usually has benefits for world team trials. It qualifies guys for the world team trials. It's the best guys in America. And most of them are post college trying to make Olympic teams. Those kind of guys. <laughs> so, so and how'd, he played. How did you yeah. do? What is, I took seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. uh it was, and it was a really controversial loss. I was, I was actually pretty upset with how it all went down. You know, if somebody said I would have taken seventh, I would have been okay with that. But yeah. I was excited to to compete. Could have done better, right? Who, who was the who was the loss on the championship side? Was it the kid Nazar? That, the kid that they had raised my hand. Yeah, and then they went back and did switched some it up sh- and, did some yeah, shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. but uh, mm. I just remember you. Pinning Evan Wick, uh, which was in, a, I think, placed third in the country that year for Wisconsin. He's with us. <laughs> he did an old man trick. He's like a twenty-one-year-old kid. Yeah, he did an old man trick two on time, him too. Three-time yeah. All-American. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank. Got a lot of old tricks. So, so Jesse, we have the right guy here to talk about strength mm. and courage because mm. he's running marathons and he doesn't train for them and making us feel, making me feel very fat and old and out of shape. But thanks for being with us uh, to talk about this. We're in a seven-part series, actually, almost at the end of it. That came out of a tweet that I put out in the middle of the, actually the beginning of the COVID-19 quarantine, just thinking about our culture in general. And I said, man, you know, there's certain things that I think need to be strengthened, need to be make a comeback in our society. Uh, and I just kind of threw them out there. We've been doing episodes on the first one, mental toughness. We had your coaching colleagues in here to talk about mental fortitude, um, not crumbling under things in life, the importance of marriage and kids for, for our civilization. We had Andre Davis, Willie Dr. Abraham Hardy on some Virginia Tech legends to talk about being husbands and dads. Um, I was shocked. 
talked to during the quarantine. They're like, we don't have any masks. Why? We don't build anything. We don't make anything in America anymore. I was like, man, we need to make stuff. So I had a friend who's involved in manufacturing come on because I was like, man, that needs to come back. And then some other things you might call virtues like civility, respect, kindness for other people, helping local neighbors. And today we're talking about characteristics of human beings, courage, and strength. We got one more in the series about faith, hope, and love. Theological virtues. We'll talk about that on our next episode. But today, strength and courage. Now, I want to start by talking about this concept, philosophical concept of virtues. Um, and a few years ago, I was doing something with the Blacksburg High School football team, and I wanted to teach them. I was like, "Hey, wisdom is how life goes, and then virtues is what make li- makes life good." In other words, a virtue is a quality or an aspect of a thing or that makes it a good thing, right? So if I have a knife, you know, it's a classical Aristotelian example of the virtues of a knife would be like sharpness, hardness of the steel that make it function well. And the same thing could be, you know, I've got some smokers. I don't know if you saw my new smoker, Jesse, in the garage coming I in. I saw it, but, you know, I noticed uh, on, via social media that you were you still using the red box. Hey, I just had a small cook. I just okay. used the red box for that. Um, so a smoker, right, it has to hold constant temperature has to impart good flavor, has to be versatile to do various things. These would be virtues, right, of a smoker. Now, in the world of wrestling, Coach, um, what qualities of a human being would make one a good wrestler? Or what what are wrestling virtues, so to speak? Um, well, I get that question a lot as far as who, what recruits am I? What am I looking? What are the characteristics or virtues that I'm looking for um, in a possible recruit or, or um, someone that I could see coaching in the near future and um, kind of bring a lot of back just to, you know, the ferocity, the way they go out there and compete, um, have passion. Um, if someone's not going to go out there and battle and compete, right? You're like, well, that guy probably won't make it at a high level. Right. You know? and, and, you know, and I can, I can teach, I can teach a single leg. I can teach wrestling moves. Right. Teaching, teaching uh, passion and, and intensity and, um, mm. you know, wrestling at a, at a, at a high pace, regardless if, if you're getting tired, um, you're just out there to, to, to bang and, and, and do things that, that I can't, I can't put into you. Right. Um, right. You know, you can, you can be technically savvy and do all these, um, you know, superb things, um, technically, but, but if you can't, you know, meet the guy, meet the guy, other guy's intensity, um, and, and, and hold that passion at a high level for seven minutes, six minutes, however long it takes to, to try and get your hand raised, you know, it's obviously not going to happen all the time, but, um, that's a, that's, that plays a huge part in, in who that I, who am I recruiting? Yeah. And then once I learn that, that kid, or maybe he's on campus, um, I've been going, especially lately going back a lot to, and this is in my, my life as well, um, vulnerability, which on the student athlete level is being coachable, yeah. um, willing to take criticism, um, being frustrated if you're not give, being given criticism, um, especially if you're not succeeding. Um, so kind of going, going back to that, I think, and, and it's, and it's a big, big thing right now is being coachable. Cause some of these guys are, you know, you're seeing the kids that are at a high level, especially the high school level that think they, they know it all. Their poop don't stink. And, yeah. Without humility can't learn. Right. Yeah. You, 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 you mentioned, uh, you can, you can, you can, no, I, I'm going to, I don't know anything. I don't know what a single leg is. Yes, he's a civilian. He's not <laughs> a, a wrestling world, world guy. Yeah. I mean, I watched some MMA. Yeah, yeah, a lot of wrestling. I yeah. probably try to watch this weekend hey. if I can. Yeah. 
but uh, you can teach technical moves, but you're not able to necessarily import inner strength and courage. Do, do you find, though, in coaching that you're able to draw it out? Like if you see it there, is there a certain sort of baseline you're looking for and you're saying, okay, this guy's got it and he can develop it? No no doubt. I, I, and I think that's what probably, and it's something that is probably the secret sauce that many coaches are trying to, to figure out, especially in this in this day and age. Um, and I think that's something that you have to be willing to, to do, break guys down per se, to where you have to get them back to their core, back mm. to even, to where you can rebuild. And I think that I tell that to a lot of a lot of my guys, especially the very high level ones that are coming in, that hey man, you're going to get worse before you get better. That's mm. just the difference. That's mm. the difference from going from from a, a great high school wrestler to a to a, a great college wrestler. You're going to get worse. You're going to have to take some setbacks, um, and it's going to be how you manipulate those moving forward to see where your success comes. That's right. So. Uh, Kevin Dresser was my junior national team coach, my senior in high school, and I hadn't been scored on in a long time. And one of the things he said in our training camp was, hey, you're, you're going to be out here and you're going to be in some battles and you're going to be tested in a different way. And whether you do well or not is whether you can rise to that or not. And I think making the transition in elite athlete athletics, a lot of guys, it's hard because you get beat up. You just get crushed. You, you know, in the upper class, where you know, are trying to beat up the young guys because they don't want them to have any hope of taking their spot. Um, back up for a little bit, coach, um, because obviously you're looking for elite wrestlers. So you're looking for intangibles, folks already in the sport. Just step back into the human community, mm-hmm. right? What are some of the things that, wrestlers in general even like a you know second string guy in high school or something what are some virtues that you would find there is it better to be weak or strong or or what are some things that that might be helpful not being elite in just one one aspect um i think you know as a as a father now um as a coach and i try and you know, you, you're looking for that well-rounded where you want to where you want to try and preach being elite in in every aspect of your life, um, being able to um, improve each day in in those aspects. You know, whether it's spirituality, whether it's academics, yeah. um, your social life, physically. You know, the, pretty much those four are the 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 four aspects that um, you know. There's no reason you are elite in one of those. Right. Or two of those, or three of those. It's, right. You know, it's got to be across the board, and um, you know, if that's that's uh, you know, that's what we're looking for 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 our guys. You yeah. know, whether they're and they're, and it's not they're not always going to be wrestlers. I you know, when we're talking to camps or or yeah. clinics, which we we don't get to do any this summer. Yeah, which, we're all which, quarantined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's you know, that's a big part of why I why I coach is being able to 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 work with junior high kids and high school yeah. kids. I mean, just it's just a it's a whole nother. Um, it's just it's it's beautiful. You know, yeah, college wrestlers yeah. are here. It's a job. It's, that's, yeah. that's what they, what they, you know, hopefully it's not just, they're not just here because they're supposed to be doing this. But, uh, you know, at the younger level, it's just, you know, they have a passion, uh, beyond words that, that, they don't have to be there. I, re- I really like that because you're saying when you look at all these aspects of life, you bring your full self to it, right? You want to do your best, right? We, we joke with our kids at the high school because people make fun of kids for being tryhard. So it's a kind of slang. Oh, you try hard. It's like, yep. I just tell people, yeah, that's exactly who I am. I'm here to try hard. And then whether that's academically, you know, certain kids have just unique academic ability, um, spiritual life, mental aspects of life, physical training. Um, when you bring your full self to it, you will find 
handout, right, where you might be used in the world to help and, and be and be bless others and be good at something, um, whether that's high level athletics or playing a violin, whatever it might be. And I think this idea of virtue. Uh, in human beings, there is a set of uh, qualities, if you will, that make people, right? You're like, hey, that's a good guy. Why? Well, is it because he's a liar and he manipulates everybody or he doesn't keep, you know, follow up on his commitments? Well, no, those would be considered vices, vices vicious yeah. aspects of human beings. And now with people, we would say, you know, compassion, right? Empathy, um, love, kindness are virtues, but also and this is, Jesse, where I want to grind a little bit, but also strength, right? Uh, bringing your full vigor to something. Courage. What do we do with fear? Things like hope, uh, which are these forward-facing, into-the-future kind of things, I think really need to be a comeback. Because in be honest, in relationship to God, um, sometimes you know it's kind of common today. I hear Christian leaders and pastors and friends talk about weakness and brokenness, and that is an appropriate place. But the God actually calls people at times to be um, strong, uh, to be courageous. You know, and I, and I, I want to point back to Reed. We did an episode, uh, I think it was 54 episode 54, where we talked about virtues and we, and, and we talked about how, uh, courage itself is one of the four cardinal virtues. Yep. Right. And I love that you, you named this, we're calling the strength and courage and not just strength and bravery. Cause Historically, you you really have a difference between courage, which comes from the root word, uh, is connected to the heart, and is really about um, uh, pressing in when you are fearful. Whereas bravery, it it, it uh, the, the the history of br- the word development is more of like bravado, the crazy people, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the people that don't have fear, and you know, people like yeah, that, they're, right? They're, they're just wilding out. They yeah. just do. There's no fear. They just jump. They're the guys going bungee jumping right away. That's right. Yep. Yep. And so, and and which is like, that's not exactly what you're talking about. What we're talking about here with, with strength and courage. Uh, And so, so I'm going to read from, uh, it reminds me to a Joshua one where, you know, the, the people of God are about to enter into this promised land, but it's not going to be easy. And there's going to be plenty of reasons for them to uh, give up plenty of reasons for them to lay down their arms and, uh, and, and Joshua goes around and says this to him. This is Joshua one, six through nine, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I mean, that it gets to a unique aspect where um, if we go... By ourselves, it's one thing if God is with us in our going. And this was in a situation of warfare and things like that that had to be facing some real uh, fears. But today, why why do we need to have courage today? Uh, I want to share a quote from 
a magazine called First Things. This is an article written by a guy named Robert P. George, who's McCormick Professor of Jurisprudence, Director of James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institution at Princeton University. Princeton professor, let's just assume he's kind of smart, but he was uh, commenting on a guy, a Soviet dissident named Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was exiled from the Soviet Union for his views, uh, wrote a very famous book called The Gulag Archipelago in the early 1970s. And he was living under a regime where he was not to have freedom of ideals, freedoms of thought, or even be able to speak and was literally kicked out of his country. Um, But this was a quote from a speech that Solzhenitsyn gave uh, that Robert George um, put in this article. I submit to you today that despite the American victory in the Cold War, for which we should all be grateful, and the collapse and disappearance of the Soviet Union, nothing has changed that would diminish the force or relevance of Solzhenitsyn's words. The virtue we lack, and it is an indispensable virtue, is courage, and we must recover it. Our young women and men must regain it, not to defend us from a hostile foreign power armed with nuclear weapons, but to protect us from a far more dangerous foe, a truly deadly enemy, our own worst selves. It takes courage to face up to the demons that we create in the world, the things that we do to each other, the oppression, right, that is fostered on human being by human being, and the responses that we have for one another. Um, Sometimes we need moral courage and strength. Now, Coach, there's one kind of strength that does power cleans or uh, lateral drop guys or left-handed headlocks. but there's lots of kinds of strength. You've mentioned them already when you're looking at your athletes. But describe different types of strength that you see in people that are really needed for life. A new, a new kind of uh, theme, I guess, we've been pushing or something that, that has really, I don't know, struck a chord with me in my mind. And, and, it's, a, and it's, a, it's a, I guess, a line that I, that I heard about two years ago. And it was focused, focused endurance, um, being able to keep um, – and that you know that goes for so many yeah, different, that's good yeah so many different uh areas in our life and and at the time it was it was um kind of geared towards wrestling being able to stay in the moment yeah um you know win every position um not compromise um you know and i think that that goes for just about in any aspect you could you know you're you're talking about um not not being willing to willing to compromise there's there's going to be a lot of uh Failure, um, times where, you know, you don't get the job or, or relationship fails or, um, you know, whatever the case Wife kicks it's, you on the couch because <laughs> they're like me, an idiot in our marriage. <laughs> Doing more talking than listening. Well, that's right. We're, we're, not, we're not pressing in on that right now. That's right. That's we? right. That's, you're my pastor later, Jesse. Later. Right now. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, knowing you're um, – I came across this this morning um, – in my quiet time, but, uh, plumb line, you know, being able to know where you're at and not waver from, from, from that. And, and it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, the wind's gonna blow the, it's gonna rain. There's gonna be storms. There's gonna be, um, great times and, and times where, um, you might be pulled away, but you've always got to be able to kind of get back to that even and, and, and know who you are and what you're about. And, um, that, that plumb line is where you, where you need to, need to get back to and yeah. um and the ability to not compromise when things are, are tough is is uh something that we all struggle with and you know you have to 
be able to get back to that. You have to find that accountability partner or, or getting into the word or, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be is to, 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 to even you out. Yeah. I love those two words together. That's something you guys are talking about as a program focused endurance. Cause look at that to be, to be focused, right. means like, Hey, I know who I am. I know where I'm going to endure means that we're not giving up. And there are many things that require us to have strength, right? Because, look, if if someone is trying to move us to a a direction that's not right, we have to have moral courage to resist that and say, no, I'm not rolling with that. We say that to our kids all the time as if, you know, it's only in middle school they need to be able to have uh, courage to not just flow the wrong way. And endurance, that, that persistence over time, all joking aside, you know, uh, we'll be celebrating 25th, our 25th year of marriage in next May. And I tell you what, endurance is necessary. I, I mean, you see these people, it's very, it's becoming more rare today. Like, hey, they've been married 50 years. Well, you know, they've had some days they wanted to do some quitting on each other, but they focused because it was valuable. They saw that value. Um, and there's, there's only one, sorry. And there's only yeah. one, only one way to build endurance. I mean, endurance isn't something you're, right. you know, is a God given, um, Unless you can run a marathon without training. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that is focused endurance, it is. right? It I mean, is. I'm you, just you know, messing with you. Yeah. yeah, and I wasn't running all the time. <laughs> I, I, I went out. I made it through. Uh, yeah. I went out. I don't want to brag, but I went out and ran two miles last week. Hey, and you had to endure. And here's what I did is I ran one mile out and because then I knew I had, I had to make to it back. come home, yeah. And so I had, you know, focus on the house. I make it, made it back. Yeah. But it can be developed, right? Endurance. And it has to be, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there's no... There is no endurance without work and, yeah. and uh, you know, constantly pushing back barriers. And adversity, right? Exactly. Um, I love. I haven't got the book yet. It's coming soon. But Coach Tom Ryan from Ohio State, we brought this up on the podcast where I had Coach Roby on here. But his, his idea of chosen suffering, right? It's like, man, that is something uh, – in wrestling you get that because it's just a weird culture where, like – you know that you have to be in the fire to come through with fortitude and develop that, right? That endurance doesn't come from just ease. It comes from doing the right things through difficulty. And I think strength and courage in a spiritual sense and certainly a holistic life sense, um, God wants us to be able to persevere and have that focused endurance over time. You know, I, Jesse, I don't know if you hear this from pastors, but we talk a lot about brokenness today. Hey, we're all broken people. Um, or, you know, I, I've realized my weakness or my dependence. Um, we talk more about that in, at least in circles that we run in than strength or courage. Uh, why, have you seen that as well? Or am I exaggerating? No, I think you're right. I, I tend to think of brokenness and weakness differently. So maybe, maybe I'm splitting hairs, but, um, Weakness is a is a is a really biblical concept. It's something that Paul claims for himself, uh, which I want to get into here in a second. But but brokenness, um, uh, no. If someone means like, man, I'm brokenhearted over my sin or my yeah. the, the ways that I've treated my wife or my family or or this other person, uh, then I get that. And and I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to yeah nitpick, but uh, but really, like weakness is a, is a form of virtue, at least. Uh, at least here, let me read from Second Corinthians twelve nine through nine through ten. And, and in fact, uh, Paul does this. The Apostle Paul mostly in his early letters, Christian early leader, Christian yeah. le- mostly in his letters to uh, the Corinthian church, both both First and Second Corinthians. These who two who were tr- trouble troublesome people? To oh him, yeah, right? and who were all about <laughs> strength and wisdom and power. And and uh, and he comes in and basically is like doesn't come with a lot. And he says to this in Second Corinthians twelve nine nine and ten. 
And, th- and this was him describing a relationship that he's having with the Lord himself. With one of his own struggles. Right? Yeah. And, and, and he said to me, that is, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And you know, you know what he's what he's saying there is actually in his weakness. It's not there's still strength. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. It's just he he's he's recognizing his limitations as a human. He can't be more than he is. Yeah. And then he's depending upon or or, or receiving or letting the Lord be strong through him. So there so there's him. Man, he's coming with strength, but it's not yeah. his own strength. Yeah, yeah. And so and so and then and then what happens is is he's becoming uh, more whole. That's why the brokenness versus. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm not sure I would use them together. Like the same thing. That we're not Humpty Dumpty. We can be put back together. That's again right. By grace, by God's work. Yeah, in and, us. And, and, yeah. and by strength. It just yeah. may not always be my my strength. I own. can't pick up my yeah. own pieces. Yeah, yeah. It gets to that Joshua passage. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, for when I'm weak, I'm strong. It's a different kind of strength, right? Yeah. Because there's this independent. I got it all. I got all the resources I need. I'm strong enough. I'm good enough. And doggone, everybody's gonna like me, and I just, I just, I just generate that right, and uh, tell myself that enough, then I'm gonna be good. But God didn't design us to be independent of God, but to be needy. Yeah, and I think that's where our strength can be found. Now, the courage aspect, Jesse, you mentioned the difference between courage and bravery, but courage, the flip side is there's a lot of fearful stuff in this world, right? Yeah. Life, life is not easy. There, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. There's diseases. There's people killing each other. Um, we, we're not promised a day beyond today. There's lots of things in life that we might be fearful of, but you know, coach, you're a big, strong, tough guy, right? You're an Olympian. You ever get afraid in life? Is that something or, or do you, be, does wrestling beat that out of guys? <laughs> no, it's, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, a big part of kind of the vulnerability, vulnerability, um, that I was talking about earlier. Um, just getting back to that, to where I can be, you know, for, for lack of a better word, I guess, naked yeah. where I can just kind of let things down and, and it's, you know, it's hard. It's, it's something that, you know, from the outside world, you're supposed to be this tough guy and, um, you know, for every male, have an external veneer, macho masculinity kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 um, you know, as a coach, same way, you know, you need, you know, you gotta be able to say, you know, I don't know, I'll get back to you or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and opening up, you know, mostly I'm talking about, you know, my, you know, uh, I guess a husband, wife relationship, my, my girls, um, you know, there's definitely, I mean, it, it is, it's a fearful time. Yeah. Um, it's a time when, you know, especially as I get older, my parents get older, um, you know, what, you know, I've been blessed to have my, my folks with me, you know, my whole life and, and firmly behind me and everything that I do. And, yeah. um, you know, it's getting to the point where they're, you know, aging and, you know, the fearfulness of, you know, what's, what's going to happen if I lose my dad or yeah. my mom. And, you know, like, like I said, they're in, they're in great, great spirits and, and great health, but, um, those things start to creep in and then, you know, raising, raising children in this crazy, crazy world we live in and, and, uh, you know, not having every answer and, and, um, you know, helping them and, and schooling them and hope, hoping to, to give them a better life than you had. And, um, but yeah, I mean, fear is there, especially now. I mean, college athletics, I mean, tomorrow I might not have a job you just don't, you you know, the, the fear of the unknown, um, especially in, in 2020 is, is 
on a whole nother level. And I think it's our fears have obviously grown since yeah. since when we were kids to, you know, the fears change, you know, it's, um, you know, am I ever going to find a wife? Am I ever going to, yeah. um, am I ever going to win a, you know, in, in wrestling? That was a big part of my life for, for a long time, um, wrestling on the international level. And I was always second for years and years and years. And, um, you know, 10 years after my first U.S. Open, I finally won one yeah. and then was able to make a team. And yeah. I, I struggle with the, to this day still, um, using my God given ability and trying to push it to its limits or being content with yeah. what he's given me. And almost afraid of not using what you've been given even to, to, to right. the best that you could. But, but yeah. then all, you know, but then on, on the flip side, you know, knowing that he wants you to be content with where you're at yeah. and what you're doing yeah. instead of pushing it the limit to where, yeah. you know, it might, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an ongoing conversation with, with your family, your wife, um, you know, with, yeah. with Jesus Christ, where you're taught, you know, having those conversations in prayer, do I stop here and yeah. take a breather and, and, and just yeah. enjoy yeah. all the yeah. amazing gifts you've given me? Yeah. Or do I continue to keep pushing and keep pushing? Yeah. And when is it too much? Well, that's a hard, that's a hard one for all of us because, you know, there's a contentness that we can have and there's a contentedness that we don't want to have. Like we want to uh, develop well. We want to love well. We want to be a blessing to others. We just don't want to circle ourselves in selfishness and, and chill in life. Um, but at the same time, you have to have a place of rest in the soul where contentment somewhere else other than my circumstances so that I'm free to swing the bat hard, to try hard, and to, to throw it all in when I can. And then be able to back away, say it's more important for me to love these people than to love my job, which is something that men and women struggle with mm. um, all the time. Jesse, fear is, is fear a virtue um, then? I mean, does does God say be afraid, or or is it? Where, where do you come down on that? <laughs> uh, traditionally, no. But but if you mean... You know, there's there's a concept in the scriptures called uh, fear of the Lord. Eugene yeah. Peterson, actually, yeah. uh, who wrote a book called uh, "In Christ Plays in Ten Thousand Places," in there has a whole has a whole section on uh, we should not consider fear of the Lord as if it's four different words and then import all the meaning from those four words into what that means. But one concept, yes, yeah, one yeah. concept. Think of it as one word: fear of the Lord. Yeah, and that fear of the Lord is living your life as if He's King, He's Judge, He's God, He's powerful. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense, yes, right. Li- living a life where you are dependent on him. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it has every, everything to do with, uh, not being lazy and re- and relying on, well, you know, I just, I'm just yes. a broken guy. I'm just weak, mm-hmm. but, but putting my strength into action because I want to be faithful to him. Yeah. Stewardship. Uh, I want to yeah. steward what God has given me. I want to bring him honor. I want to do what I think he's called me to do the best that I can. Uh, while also living in that kind of tension of yeah. uh, I need to be weak because I need to be vulnerable, I need to be teachable, yeah. and ultimately because God is the one that will succeed me. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. so, so yeah, I think fear of God is yeah. could be a virtue. I, I wrote it down this way, scribbled it, scribbled it down. Fear is not a virtue unless we fear the proper things. In other words, should we fear death? Well, in fact, the, the, the most often repeated commandment in the entire Bible uh, in some form is, is do not be afraid. Mm. Um, over and over again for many things, but should we be afraid of death? No, we shouldn't be afraid of death. Should we be afraid of what people think of us and what they would do to us? No, fear, the, the Bible says to those things, fear not, disaster, fear not, disease, fear not, God. Fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, mm-hmm. and that puts a platform, this faith, allegiance, trust of God, that makes a difference, right, 
uh, when we face fear. I learned this because I grew up without kind of a relationship with God and didn't really believe in anything until I was 20 years old. And, and it really helped me in sports even like to realize I'm not alone because one of my biggest plagues in, in my athletic career was one, it was a late starter in, in the sport that I did, but also I would just want, I didn't want to lose or I wanted so to do so well that I get like my, my college coach said, my, you know, you're, your tiny hole gets so tight, you can't move. Um, and uh, <laughs> just wrestling coaches, Jesse. So, so, so how can a relationship with God, right, make a difference when we face fears in our lives? I, I guess for, for me, and, and like I was talking about my wrestling career when I was, I was still coaching and, and, you know, wrestling, um, on the international stage. And, um, you know, really my faith, really brought perspective to wins and losses. Um, you know, kind of like what Jesse was, was saying, just, you know, just giving, giving your best and making you the best person that you can be. Um, you know, whether it was through wrestling or learning discipline, um, learning, you know, the fear of failure was, was gone because I was, I was failing and, 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 you know, I wasn't, I wasn't seventh. I was second or third, you know, the perspective was, you know, I was doing things right. It just wasn't, it wasn't time. And, you know, I wholeheartedly believe in God's timing. I believe that's why, how I met my wife, why I got back into coaching, um, at Virginia tech, why I finally made a team in 2012 that, you know, it was time and there was a platform and, um, um, it just so happened that my daughter has down syndrome. It gave me a platform to, to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, down syndrome and, and awareness, um, for that. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, faith like i was talking about earlier about the plumb line um you can always come back to it it's 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 always constant um it's where you're not going to compromise you know where where you stand where you stand in god's eyes and um you know he always has your back you know win lose or draw and um no matter what he he will be there and that is something that um i don't know how i could live without it it just it it befuddles me to, to, to even think of, of living a life yeah. away from that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite, um, having, I have a, you know, old enough memory of being on both sides of kind of faith, uh, and coming, becoming a follower of Jesus. And I do remember just the, this alone feeling like, are you enough? Are you accepted enough? And then you, you throw that in there with kind of your uncertainties about, um, trying to be the best in something. It's just a place you feel like, you know, if you ever watch a duck swimming on the water, it looks like it's just so easy, but underneath it's just like, you know, working, working, working with its feet. And I felt like my life was like that because I was successful, mm. but just empty and didn't have that presence that makes all the difference, especially when fears come towards us. This, this is a quote that I read years ago from Nelson Mandela that said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man uh, is not the one who does not feel afraid but one who conquers that fear. In faith, I, I think God really does want us to know his presence so that we can conquer fear, not by ourselves, but in his strength. And so I want to just close our episode with kind of some rapid reading of some uh, some texts from the Bible that I think really bring this. Should we fear disaster? Should we fear people? Should we fear all these things? Jesse, you'll jump on one, I'll jump on another, and then we'll kind of drive this thing, drive this thing home. Yeah, yeah, this is Hebrews 13, 1 through 6, which says this, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. 
Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with him, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Isaiah 43 deals with some of the the deepest calamities that can hit life, right? Natural disasters, difficulties. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, and this is not talking about going to the beach, but like being flooded out and killed, I will be with you through the rivers. They shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And Jesse, I love this uh uh, him, I heard it years ago, like in the nineties, man, at a, like a rally of a bunch of dudes in a stadium. I, I think it was promise keepers, something like that. Um, which is written by Martin Luther, but there's the second stanza, I think gets down to this. Where does our weakness come from? Where's our strength found? Um, and the wisdom of finding strength outside of ourselves. It reads this way. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Does you ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord, Sabbath his name from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. Guys, thanks for uh, joining me here today. Coach Frayer, good to get to know you a little bit better, hanging out with you a couple times, looking forward to a lot more time together here in the future. But uh, we'd love to follow you, or where can we find you? Are you online? Are you doing the social medias or... Twitter, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm Twitter. My Twitter handle is airfrayer 66. So I okay. love, love the follow and um, Instagram. I think it's the same thing. I, I think you're airfrayer on Twitter and airfrayer 66 on on the gram. There you go. Yeah, and it's airfrayer Jesse because he can throw people through the air. That's what he used to do, man. That's the way to do it. If you're gonna win in wrestling matches. Pick other humans up, throw them through the air on their head. You get big points for that. And you feel good about yourself afterwards. To be honest, Coach, it's true. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining me today. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change in the Bonhoeffer House. We are taking reviews on iTunes. Five stars are acceptable. We don't accept two-star reviews. <laughs> Send your comments, feedback, questions that you might want us to take up here on the Underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. We hope to see you out there. Peace. Peace. Later.